Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Monday edition of what is the purpose of this? Wow. I don't understand Let's this. Get you off on the right note. That's what we want. To wait, do. does this mean? Energy. Wait, Touchdown, wait, does this mean? Does this mean that we actually have highlights? Back. They are we back. They're back. They yes. are back. Yes, run that get out idiot of over. Run them over. Oh, you I wish he fell on the ground. What an idiot that guy is. Jeez. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You know, it's funny. I watched last night on 60 Minutes the feature about the Boston Dynamics robot, and that push there reminds me very much of how these robots keep themselves from falling over. So you are at least as smart as a robot. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, you know, hey, we got we to gotta start somewhere. I don't... Robot, this robot, I don't know what you're talking about, but must be pretty smart. So, okay, I'll take it on a Monday morning. Fine. But, Mike, Mike, we got highlights. Woo, baby. Holy crap. Ola, Batman. I've been waiting for some highlights. Part of the new deal, I'm told, between the NFL and NBC gives us the ability on Peacock to use highlights. So, highlights are back. Please stop emailing me about it. Of course, now I'll get endless emails about the fact that highlights are back, along with endless emails about the fact that we're constantly moving around on the various Sky Sports channels and time. What's the deal with that? I have nothing to do with that, What's folks. What's the deal? I have, but I have nothing to do with it. Why am I the one getting the emails? It's your I'm show. I'm not Sky Sports. It's your show. I, why are you sending them to me? <laughs> I, I like the fact that that many people are engaged, but there's a downside to it when the show's getting moved around. But we defer to the expertise of the programmers at Sky Sports to put us in the spot wherever they want to put us. We are here, though, and now we have highlights. Maybe our... Maybe our standing will improve now that we're pumping a show over to them that actually has highlights once again, because again, the show originates on Peacock. Also, if you're listening on Sirius XM 211, good morning. How are you? Thanks for tuning in. We know you got a lot Hello. of choices on Sirius XM. That's one of the things that drives me crazy about having Sirius XM. I never know what to listen to. But if I were in my car between seven and nine on a weekday, I'd have it on 211 and listen to us. Good morning, Christopher. Good, How good are morning. you? I'm good, Michael. You're doing good. You got energy. You're speaking fast. You're going. I like it. Let's go. I mean, and you should well, have some say on the Sky Sports schedule. I mean, it is your show. You should be able to tell them when to when to air your show. I mean, come on. I woke up today at 5.15 and decided not to try to go back to sleep and made a cup of coffee. Wow. I never drink coffee wow. before the show. Whoa. All it takes is one cup, and it's all the difference in the world. Okay. So, Cheers new approach. there, Slugger. One cup of coffee before the show to give me a little more energy. Uh, no, no water was poured onto any plants around the house. I didn't have to preheat the mug. I have a nice warm mug out of the Thank cabinet that's above funny. the coffee pot, really so it's always guy. warm. Yes. So, yeah. um, I've been waiting to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Have you? In person. Really? Yeah, we've texted back and forth since right. Friday afternoon, but the moment that your guy 
The guy whose initials appear on your leg oh, geez. goes all in. Right. All in. You may not have unique knowledge, but it's kind of like the Harry Potter scar. I mean, it throbs, I'm sure, when something like this <laughs> yeah, happens. Right, right. Maybe just kind of the electricity in the air makes its way into your leg and up to your brain, and you can help us understand these things. But the all-in move, I mean, when you least expect it, expect it. Good Lord, the 49ers jumping from 12 to 3 to get, presumably, not Caleb Farley, not the tackle from Oregon, not anybody but a quarterback moving all that way up. And what they will eventually do, folks, and I can't believe there's a debate over this, eventually they will use three first-round picks and a third-round pick to get a quarterback. At a time when we've been hearing three first-round picks is the starting price for Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson before two weeks ago, three first-round picks and a third-round pick will be devoted to a quarterback. That is amazing to me that the 49ers have someone or multiple someones they love enough, Chris, to make that kind of a jump. I mean, big-time move. Uh, that's that's all I could say. I was shocked, you know, when it came to Friday morning. I was just like, whoa. I mean, I just that, – that, that's – you don't expect that kind of move that far out in the draft, I guess, is what I was a little surprised by, right? I think that's the first thing. I went, ooh, man, we're five weeks away still. Wow, okay, we're making these kind of moves right now. And then – you know, you sit there and you think about the 49ers. Yeah, of course, you know, Kyle Shanahan's my friend. It doesn't mean I know every little thing that goes on in his organization, nor does he tell me, nor does he that want implies to tell me. You know, that, that implies you know a lot no, of things because you don't it, know every little thing. Well, I don't, You I, said Friday morning. When you said Friday morning, I thought, hey, this guy had a heads up because it didn't break until Friday afternoon, so you knew what was going on. That's what it tells me. Well, no, I will say this. I know Friday morning I started to hear from a few people in the NFL that it was going down. I did late Friday uh. morning. Right, thanks so I had me. wind. Right, thanks, it, thanks for telling. Thanks for telling your nah, partner. Okay, I got so to chase the story. Well, I, I had wind that there was a big trade going to go down. That that's really what I had heard, and I was going to the yeah. DMV anyways. The so either way, you're not getting a text in that situation. But I mean, I think the big thing is with Shanahan more than anything, you know, it, taking fate into his own hand, destiny into his own hands. That's the first thing. I think that's the first thing where you got to start. There, he's at number twelve. You know, yes, I would think he's moving up to number three to get a quarterback. There's no doubt. You don't move up to number three unless you're trying to get a quarterback. 12, we talked about it a lot. You talk about that area of the draft in the first round. It's iffy. It's iffy territory, whether you're going to get the quarterback you like in that situation. There's so many ifs, ands, and buts, and candies, and nuts as far as who might draft a quarterback in front of you, who possibly could trade up in front of you to then snag a quarterback they like. So I think Shanahan, being aggressive in that he is, or in the way that he is, he said, the hell with that. I'm going to move up and take fate into my own hands, and now I know I'm going to get one of the quarterbacks that I like or see fit to see fit in my offense. How much of this do you think is an attempt to rectify the mistake that was made four years ago when he was so locked on to the presumed likelihood in his mind he was going to sign Kirk Cousins in 2018 as a free agent he didn't evaluate the quarterbacks in the draft class that year whiffed on Patrick Mahomes whiffed on Deshaun Watson went with a defensive lineman at number three right do you think and that's part of the irony here again I never know if the word's being used properly but he had number three in 2017 after trading down a spot with the Bears now he moves up to number three clearly intent on taking a quarterback do you think he's trying to make up for the mistake that was made in 2017 well I, I think that he's probably had enough and just gonna go wait I'm gonna get the guy I want in here and and, and that that's the bottom line right I mean yes you know I knew all those things at the time I think there was a real thinking of hey I'm gonna get Kirk Cousins at some point you know uh, in this first year, two years, whatever I'm in, when, whenever that happens in San Francisco, you know, then there's a history, you know, of, you know, those type of quarterbacks and everything like that, as far as that fit the system. And I think that's why a lot of people think it's Mac Jones, as far as who the 49ers got their eye on at number three. But yes, who Mike, do you think it is? Well, I think it's Mac Jones. I do. You know, I don't know that, but just knowing my friend, knowing his history, knowing, his school of thought to make that type of move, that's the one that makes sense to me, and I think it's the one. Why? That, well, I think it makes sense to him, one, because I think 
after Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, and you know, I think those are the top two guys in the draft, Zach Wilson being number one, you know, he's the most NFL ready right now. And I would say really Zach Wilson and Mac Jones to me are more NFL ready as far as reading NFL defenses and being able to do, you know, NFL offense type of stuff. You know, Trevor Lawrence was in a little bit of more of a college offense. I'm not trying to disrespect him by that. But I think within that, Mac Jones is NFL ready right now. And I think that's the kind of guy you trade up to, to number three, to get. You don't trade up to a Trey Lance of a, well, we, he's got great talent, but we're not sure. You know, it's, it's a little bit of a gamble. You know, it, we, we, there, there's some things that we got to help him out with and grow his technique and figure those type of things out. And I think that goes with Justin Fields, too, that it's a little bit more of a project. So I don't think you trade up to a number three pick for that kind of guy. I think you trade up for a number three pick where you go, no, I kind of think this guy, if I had to, could start and play this year ready to go week one. And that, to me, smells Mac Jones because I expect Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence to be gone, of course. And and let's make sure we are clear on this because, again, I'm astounded by the fact that it's even a debate. It shouldn't be. This falls into what color is the sky type of territory in my mind. Every time you use a first-round pick, you are trading that pick for the player you select because you could have done other things with that first-round pick. Specifically, you could have, like the Steelers did in 2019, trade your 2020 first-round pick for what? Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. So that that pick is an asset that eventually is exchanged. You exchange your first-round pick for a player. Every first-round pick that's used is traded for a player. So when you give up the 12th overall pick and two future first-round picks and a third-round pick to move to number three and eventually exercise that pick for a player, you necessarily have traded three first-round picks and a third-round pick for one player. You better love that player before you give up that much for that player. Would that have been enough to get Deshaun Watson pre-lawsuits? Three ones and a three? I don't know. But we were talking about three ones as a starting point for Watson, three ones as a starting point for Russell Wilson, three ones and a three to get an unproven player who may never become anything in the NFL. I posted last night, all first-round quarterbacks since the, the, the dawn of the Super Bowl era. And it's amazing when you look at the names there. There are so many of, oh, I forgot about that guy. Oh, my God, that guy stunk. Oh, this guy was never any good. There are so many guys. It's a roll of the dice. To love a guy enough to give up three ones and a two, that leads to the point you made. This isn't somebody who's a project. This isn't Jordan Love. I don't think so. Who's going to sit and sit and develop and sit. Right. Especially when there's likely going to be no offseason program this year, at least not on field. This is a guy who's game ready. Which leads to the other point, Chris. Yeah. What happens to Jimmy Garoppolo now? That that's hey, that's a big question, and and I don't know that answer. I, I mean, listen, it can go two ways. You know, I, I understand. You know, the 49ers, John, John Lynch, he came out and you know still was some somewhat supportive of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that he could he still can be our starter. Made those type of comments. I, I don't think that's crazy. I don't. You know, not if you made me bet, I I would say that's not going to happen, but. You know, either way, you could be sitting there going, yes, all right, hey, well, whoever it is at three, Mac Jones, whatever, we, whoever we get at quarterback, we'd like him to sit one year maybe behind a guy that we know can take our team to the Super Bowl and do some special things when he's healthy. But I, I, I'm not going to lie, I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I mean, we got time before the draft here. We still got too many teams. I got some quarterback questions. Who's going to be the guy? We know there's some teams out there that have some needs for the position. I just have a hard time believing. Uh, I think as you do with what I read in some of your articles on Pro Football Talk, that the 49ers will keep him. I think when it all comes down to it that, yeah, there will be a trade market and they will try to deal with him. And I think that if it is Mac Jones, what I expect it to be, he'll be the guy because of, boom, what we just talked about. He's game ready. He's NFL ready right now, and he's a, a really, really good fit for the Shanahan offensive scheme and the how, how he wants to run his, his team. Shefty had the scoop on Friday afternoon, and then he immediately began to sell the idea that the 49ers are keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for 2021. Right. Is that, is that the price for having the scoop? 
wouldn't be the first time something like that's happened. And we peel back the curtain all the time to let folks know how the sausage gets made. My reaction to it was Percy Harvin, 2013. We have no intent to trade Percy Harvin. Josh Rosen, two years ago. Remember when the Cardinals were holding the first overall pick in the draft? They had no reason to play games with anyone about anything. They had a clear shot to Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury quoted as saying, Josh Rosen is our guy. Dave Gettleman, two years ago, leading into the offseason window that saw Odell Beckham Jr. traded by the Giants to the Browns. Gettleman says we didn't sign OBJ to trade him. My reaction is, and my general approach is, when it comes to these kinds of things, believe no one, believe nothing, and my understanding is both Shanahan and Lynch are due to talk to the media later today, believe nothing they say, because there's a strategic component to it. This isn't a question of whether or not people are honest and truthful, and you should trust them if they're trying to sell you a car. This is about whether or not it helps them and their broader goals and objectives if they wear on their sleeve what they truly think about Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, Chris, they have to posture to try to trade him at this point. you got to get value for your assets. They don't want to just cut him. They want to get something for him. So they need to make people think he's part of their plans, and they need to make people think that that they should like him more than they currently do. I, I mean, Mike, I don't disagree with anything you're saying there. You're right. I mean, if they want to trade him, you you got to make it make teams believe that, hey, we're we're going to still keep this guy. You know, I honestly, I don't think it's still I, I still think that's a possibility or at the very least at this moment right now that maybe they're not quite sure how they're going to handle this situation. And you're right. We're going to get some questions answered by them. And I, I hope people ask the right questions. Certainly. But don't you don't you but, need to have a plan before you make that kind of a move that's going to turn everything yes, on its head right. in your organization? Don't you have to have a plan for how you're going to deal with Jimmy G? They admitted last year they spoke to Garoppolo when they were evaluating the possibility of adding Tom Brady in free agency. Do you think Garoppolo had any idea this was coming, or did he find out the same way the rest of us did well, as a shocker on a Friday afternoon no, or morning if you well, have inside information? I'd be shocked. Well, yeah, I'd be shocked. Um, really if Garoppolo didn't have any clue about this going down or anything like that. You know, the one thing with Shanahan, man, we, you know, we've talked about this before. He's pretty – he is a really honest football coach. I, I don't think he's trying to throw anything out this, you know, out of left field onto his quarterback, his football players. So, listen, again, I don't know, but I would think contact was made somewhere there so Jimmy G's not reading it on pro football talk or on social media or something like that. Now, is there a plan to a degree? Yeah, I'm sure there is, Mike. I'm sure. I mean, Shanahan and Lynch aren't stupid. I know my buddy Kyle. He's always thinking about the future and what to do and all those type of things. But, you know, having a plan and being able to execute it exactly the way you want, you know, I, yes, I, I don't know how that goes. In my heart of hearts, like I've told you, just because I know him, I've been friends with him, I think we have some of the so- same football logic Right. Yes, I would think that this means that they're going to be shopping Jimmy Garoppolo. And if it is for a guy like Mac Jones, which I would be shocked. And again, why? Why would I be shocked? First off, Jimmy Garoppolo is that type of player to a lesser extent, in my opinion. All right. Matt Ryan is a Mac Jones type of player. Kirk Cousins is a Mac Jones type of player. Matt Schaub is a Mac Jones type of player. Now, I want to say this. Mac Jones is more He throws talented. a lot of pick sixes? Well, no. Mac, Mac I didn't Jones, know Mac Jones threw all those pick sixes. Yeah, well, you, Mac, you had me until you said Matt Schaub. Well, well, Matt Schaub, you know, the one thing I'm just, le- I'm just letting you know about the kind of quarterback Shanahan likes. And Schaub, you could say what you want. They were like a top offense in football and a top five offense in football. I, I agree. Like three years, right? Somewhere there. But, but my point is this, Mike, is just that I, I think Shanahan looks at this and goes, wait, I think Mac Jones is more talented than, you know, um, Kirk Cousins coming out in the draft. I think he had Matt Ryan, and we saw he had him for two years, and one of those was a really special year where they went to the Super Bowl and did MVP-type stuff. And I think he's sitting there going, I think this guy's just like that. He's talented like Matt Ryan, and he could dice you up with his arm and his brain and his decision-making, and the athleticism is enough for him to do the boots and play actions for my offense. And if you give me a crack of more than two years with a quarterback like that, I think he thinks I'm going to win the Super Bowl. 
And I think that's ultimately probably why he makes that type of decision. And I will, like I said, I will be shocked. I'll be shocked if it's not Mac Jones at number three. I really would be. And one of the things we've talked about in recent weeks as it relates to Mac Jones, he doesn't really look the part. Right. Well, think right. about the names you just rattled off. Yeah, Does right. Does Matt Ryan look the part? Does Matt Schaub look the part? Does Kirk Cousins look the part? I mean, they don't have that same kind of very unique, thick midsection like Mac right. Jones has, and they don't look as ungainly and old school Bobby Lane, Joe Capish in their right, right, uniforms. Right. But Shanahan's going to look past that. He's not going to get caught up in that. No. He's going to look at what the guy can do in his offense. And Chris, this gets back to what I was saying earlier. If you think enough about the guy yeah. to give up three ones and a three to get him, right? Are you going to park him on the sideline no, for a year? Mike, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I don't either. I'm just saying I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Uh, but I would expect, like, yeah, like we're talking about, that, you know, there, there's teams out there where we've heard in the quarterback conversation. Yeah, I, I would think that Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows? Does New England revisit the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, the Carolina Panthers and the Deshaun Watson, Watson issue. We know that they like Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo is available now. Would you want him there? I don't know. The Denver Broncos, they're a team right now. We've heard comments about, you know, they might bring in another quarterback. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the type of guy they'd bring in to compete with Drew Locke? So there is going to be options out there, I think, to make a move here uh, or at least shop him to some teams that, that have some real needs of the position. Coincidentally, we have a draft coming up later in the program of the most likely destinations for Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021 Whoa. and I well you said something earlier that I made a note of yeah okay when you were explaining why Kyle Shanahan moved up to number three you said he's probably had enough right well if you've had enough that, that that's why I can't reconcile moving up to three yeah for a guy that you clearly love and then saying I'm sticking with my other guy for one more year because I've got a Super Bowl ready team if that if that's how you feel, then you don't give up three ones and a three to go get one guy now. Yeah, I, I hear you. If I, you feel like you can get it done nice. with who you have, you don't do this. I mean, this is the way the human brain works. Kyle Shanahan went to the lab, and I suspect he said, okay, Trevor Lawrence, he's not going to be there. I'm not wasting my time. Zach Wilson, maybe he'll be there. I'm going to do the full dive on him. And then Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor, uh, not Trevor Lawrence, Trey uh, Lance, Trey Lance yep. Kellen Mond. I'll look at all these other guys and I'll see how I feel. And, you know, we, we've focused on Mac Jones and you're convinced it's going to be him. Do you see a set of facts where it is Lance or Fields at number three, that oh. those are the guys that Kyle's fallen in love with? It, it, I mean, d does it scare me a little bit? Yeah, because Fields and Lance have some big-time talent traits. They, they have some elite ability. There's no doubt about it. I think there's a lot of work there that needs to be done for both football players, as you've heard me talk about. But when I think of those two guys and I think of Shanahan – I do go, wait, well, is maybe is he thinking about doing some new age quarterback Baltimore Ravens run offense with, with one of those two guys who are special runners and going to do that, you know, for the first year or two of their careers as he molds them into drop back quarterbacks? Like, has that thought crossed my mind? Absolutely. And I'm like, man, man maybe, maybe that's what he's going to do. But I just have nothing in my history or knowledge of my friend or anything that I've seen him as far as coaching offenses, talking about quarterbacks, I don't to make me think it's going to go that way. You know, we I know RG3 was there, right, with Washington, but as you and I both know too, that trade didn't really go down because of the Shanahan family. That went down cuz cuz of Daniel Snyder. He made that move happen. That that was kind of forced onto the Shanahan family. And then they made that happen there as far as Mike and Kyle you know, I, I would think, again, in that same draft with RG3, they drafted a Kirk Cousins. I would think that's the type of guy he wants. Shanahan's the type of quarterback or coach who coaches a quarterback to where he's going to go, wait, I've set up this perfect play. Just listen to me here, and you read this guy. Just read this one guy, and I promise you, you know, either 
A or B will be open. And if you just put your eyes on him with this formation I've concocted, I know what defense they're going to be in, and now this guy has to make a decision, I've put him in a bind. If you can just be a quarterback that can be smart, listen to him, and now make the appropriate throw, he, he feels like he can just dice you up all day long with his brain and his creativity, and now i got a quarterback who can take advantage of all that you know he is putting out there, the information-wise and the plays that are there to be had. And that's where I just sit back and go, I think that's Mac Jones. I just, Mac Jones is, he's the he's the best I've seen since I've been in this business as far as reading defenses, pulling the trigger of the football without even thinking and making the appropriate throw. It's him and Joe Burrow have been the two best I've seen, and that's why I just keep coming back to that, Mike. Sorry for the long time. I'm glad there. you mentioned, no, that's fine. I'm glad you mentioned the RG3 trade. Yeah. That occurred to me in the immediate aftermath of this that, that this is Kyle's RG3. That the RG3 thing wasn't a Shanahan move. It was right. a Snyder move. Right. But it was three ones and a two for RG3. This is three ones and a three for whoever it may be. And th- th- there's there's a, 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 a beauty to that. There's a poetry to that. Nine years later, that Shanahan is making the move that he and his dad would have likely preferred Daniel Snyder didn't make to go up and get RG3. As you've said before, they were talking to Peyton Manning when it came across the crawl on TV or they got right. the text message or whatever that they were trading right. up presumably to get RG3. Unless the Colts had wanted RG3, then they would have had Andrew Luck. But th- this is a bold move. It's a big move. It's a significant move. And... I can't reconcile going all in I'm with, with you, keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, especially at $25 million. Yeah, See, right. I think what's going to happen right. is eventually they're going to squeeze him to take less. And that request may come at a time when it's too late for him to get more elsewhere as a free agent or when it's too late for him to go elsewhere and become properly ensconced in a new offense. You do it in August, mid-August. Late August, and you say, hey, you know, this $25 million isn't going to work. We like what we have in this guy. He's checked all the boxes so far. We want to pay you 15 We want to pay you 12 We want to pay you something dramatically less than 25 See, if I'm Garoppolo, and I wrote about this right before the show, I hadn't thought about it from his angle. What's he thinking? How's he reacting to this? Yeah, if right. I'm Garoppolo, I'm telling Don Yee, my agent, to find out right freaking now when are they going to come to me and say we want you to take less. Are you paying me 25 or are you not going to pay me 25? And and if he asks, are you going to seek a pay cut? Any answer other than no means, yeah, eventually we're going to. I'd want to bring that to a head right now because I want to know if I'm going to be looking for a job elsewhere and at what cost that's going to be to the $25 million I was supposed to make this year. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I hear you. There, there's definitely uh, you know some interesting points you bring up there. I mean, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, you just put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, at this point, of course, Mike, I go back to what you say. I think you're you're correct. I just have a hard time thinking, yeah, we've traded up to number three, that it won't be that guy who will, you know, be the starting quarterback for the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm telling Don Yee, like, start, start calling some teams quietly and let's just, you know – start working some back-channel stuff to see if there are teams that are interested in me or anything like that. But I think at some point they're going to have to have a real conversation with the 49ers because I would think Shanahan and Lynch at this point have told Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, we've moved to number three. Hey, we're moving to number three for a quarterback. And I, I would have a hard time thinking knowing Kyle and knowing really John that they wouldn't be honest with their player that way. Uh, and that, that's where it'll be interesting, Mike. And I'm with you. I have a hard time thinking it won't be, you know, whoever they drafted three. I'm expecting Mac Jones to be the starting quarterback. And, and this isn't the same as Garoppolo, coincidentally, being taken with a second round pick in 2014, which lit a fire under Tom Brady's ass that propelled him to three more Super Bowl wins before he left New England. This isn't Jordan Love being taken bottom of round no, one no. last year. This is... We have drafted your replacement. This isn't just in case you fall off a cliff. This isn't you're getting older and we need to be ready for the transition. This is, hey, Jimmy, we've tried it. We paid you a lot of money. Right. We tried it. You're not the guy long term. I mean, that's the thing. Lost in all of this talk about whether or not he gets one more year. At very best, 
He's Alex Smith in 2017. That's right. Exactly the, right. The, the, the question is, is it in his best interest to take whatever he can get to reestablish himself this year and then leave on a high note and become a free agent next year when they inevitably cut him? Because, you know, it, that's scary, I, though, Mike. That's scary. To me, that's scary if I'm the 49ers, too, because the 49ers are a good football team. And if Jimmy G stays healthy, right, and they go 13 and 3. Or for you know what I mean that that, that to that's, me that's right. what's scary right so I, if I'm advising my buddy Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch I'm going now you need to you, you got a good team you, you start him and let him play you might never be able to not you know take or take him out or or then you're gonna have an issue the next year when you try to make you know whoever that quarterback is your starter they're all gonna go what we went to the NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo we're gonna have that whole issue. So that's really, you know, part of this conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, nothing good comes from no. saying, hey, we're going to flip a coin and hope this is a year he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, he's good enough to take us to a Super Bowl. So then what do you have? You have a mess. Yes, a and, mess. And, you know, yeah, if you win the Super Bowl, hey, that's great. We won the Super Bowl. But moving forward, what do you do at that point? And regardless of the fact that he's missed 23 games over the past three years, I go back to the game we were at. I know you do. Divisional yeah. round. I hear you. Kyle freaked out and went run, run, run for the balance of the game against the Vikings and then stayed in Bob Greasy mode with Jimmy G. Run, run, run. Eight passes in the – are you kidding me? Eight passes in the yeah. NFC Championship game? And then – all right, then the Super Bowl, it was more of a normal quarterback normal performance. Normal quarterback. He had, a to, he had a chance to win it. Had a chance Many to win times. it Mr. Manuel Sanders. Many times. So right. I, I just think – and, 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 hey, you know what? I could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. I can't imagine giving up what they're giving up to get their next quarterback and then saying we're keeping him in the closet for a year while we take one more run with Jimmy G. I can't reconcile it. And this is different from Patrick Mahomes yeah. and Alex Smith. First of all, it was the 10th pick, not the third pick. Yeah. And it happened when the 10th pick was on the clock. This is a move that's occurring five weeks before the draft, sending a clear message to the world. We have a guy we love, right. and we're going all in now to get him. We're not screwing around just a few days after the Mac Jones throwing session at Alabama. We're not screwing around. This is our guy. It's a much stronger statement than Mahomes was, and there's going to be a much greater expectation and a much greater hype level attached to this guy than it was with Mahomes. With yeah. Mahomes, it was kind of like a curiosity, and, well, we'll give Andy Reid the benefit of the doubt, and, well, they're still a perennial playoff team, and, right, well, right. okay. It was, it was a lot of, well, okay, let's see. Yeah. You don't have that here. Here you have a clear all-in move to get a guy who's going to be the next quarterback, not for somebody who's been around for 10 years, but for somebody that was supposed to be the future and who clearly isn't. I, 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 I agree with you. One, listen, we talked about RG3 already, and Shanahan was capable of devising an offense around him, and that was a guy that was raw, right, and didn't know drop back NFL pass offense type of stuff. Mac Jones is... That, that's that's not going to be an issue. He's as well-schooled as they come as far as that's concerned, as far as, you know, coming out of college, Sarkeesian and, and Nick Saban and all that. So he's going to be ready to go from that aspect. The other thing, too, Mike, to what you bring up with, like, the Mahomes stuff and all that as well. I mean, this is like, what, shot five or six across the bow of a warning sign here for Jimmy G just this offseason to basically be like, hey, we've – We've tried to trade for this guy. We tried to trade for this guy. We tried to trade for this guy. I mean, he's got to be getting the picture here a little bit. There's no doubt about it, you know, and I think the team goes along with it because I'm Matt Casey in my ear. He goes, you know, what does this do to the locker room? Yeah, the locker room likes Jimmy G. The locker room likes Jimmy G. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, the locker room's smart enough to realize, wait, our coach, who's an offensive genius, okay, doesn't seem to be happy with our quarterback. So he must be doing something other than not being available and being hurt. There has to be something more there that is not, you know, being met on an X and an O, you know, uh, what do I want to say? An X and O basis there. 
to where I think that that also is going to the, the players are going to get their heads wrapped around this too to go okay obviously the organization is looking to move on as much as we like Jimmy G blah 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 these are just the facts of the matter and we're going to have to buy into whoever it is at number three that comes in here and and is the starting quarterback I'm, I'm looking at the history of Alabama quarterbacks taken in round one Joe Namath Richard Todd right and is it possible that I, the next one was Tua, Tua Tonga-Vailoa last year at five? I think uh, I think so. And Mac Jones this year, if it's him at three, amazing. They've doubled. What in, was Stabler in, in what was two drafts? Stabler's he was a second uh, rounder. He was a second rounder. Second rounder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was Richard Todd and Joe Namath for the entire history of Alabama football until last year, and now it's Tua at five and quite possibly Mac Jones at number three. And this Jimmy G point, look, I, hey, players are, are loyal to their teammates. Yeah. They, 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 they're with them all the time. What are you going to say? Get rid of him? I, I, you, you, just, you just deal with it. The, the circumstances change, and you adjust, and you adapt. And any professional football player – knows that's going to happen across the board on the roster. It's just a question of when you're the one who was there and now all of a sudden is gone. But you think George Kittle is going to demand a trade because they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? No, he'll show up wearing a T-shirt with Mac Jones' picture on it after a month or two. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Exactly right. And, you know, usually a a quarterback has a good way of being a leader of the team no matter what the situation is and kind of just – you know, letting his presence be felt and, and wear off on the team in some sort of fashion or way, either way. But you're exactly right. You know, the team will move on, and then they're going to, you know, whoever it is at quarterback, they're going to see him come in and see what he's all about, and, and they'll buy in from there. So uh, we'll see where it goes. But, man, big-time move by Shanahan, the 49ers, and uh, I'm excited to see how it all plays out here over the next month or so. A stunning move that underscores the reality that you never know when the next big story is going to happen in the NFL. You always have to have on your radar screen the possibility that something will occur that will stun you. All right, we're going to look at this trade from the Dolphins' perspective because they're the ones who picked up a couple of first-round picks, dropping down to 12, and then they made a move back into the top 10. It was a an even more hectic afternoon for Miami than it was for San Francisco. We'll break that down next here on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Chris Greer, the GM of the Dolphins, was busy on Friday afternoon. In addition to the trade with the 49ers, they end up doing a trade with the Eagles where the Dolphins moved from 12, the pick they acquired from San Francisco, up to 6. Eagles go down to 12. So the Dolphins come out of this with a net of the 6th overall pick this year. They move down 3 spots. They pick up a future first round pick in the transaction and a future third round pick in the transaction. This all flows from the back end of the Laramie Tunsil trade where they got two first round picks from the Texans Labor Day weekend of 2019. The Dolphins have been making a lot of moves. They stockpile picks. They stockpile picks. They move and they move and their team is gradually getting better in Laramie Tunsil with the statue outside of Hard Rock Stadium 
because that Tunsil trade continues to bear fruit for the Miami Dolphins. My guess is they'll keep flipping those picks well into the future. There will be picks with ties back to Laramie Tunsil for the rest of the decade. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, first, Tunsil, he deserves a a statue out there. Maybe Billy O'Brien deserves one to go along with that. Um, But but I, I just you can't say enough about Chris Greer and Brian Flores and what they've done since they've taken over in Miami. You know, uh, again, it, 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 I don't want to say it's, you know, I'm not like it's Shanahan McVay. The Dolphins just every year so far have just been like, here, chips in the middle of the table. We're making moves. We're going for it. I mean, that's the first thing I love about it. The second thing I love is just knowing like knowing how the board is kind of shaking out for the NFL draft, right? Hey, we got picked number three. Hey, there's some quarterbacks that people might like. Hey, we need a wide receiver. And nobody does in front of us. In fact, we don't need to be at number three to get a wide receiver. You know, that's what, by, by all accounts, that was, that's what I would expect this is all about. So now you trade down, you know, get go to number. So you're at number three. You trade down with the 49ers to get to number 12. But now you go, wait, we're at number 12. And the two receivers that we want, Jamar Chaser, Devontae Smith, they could be gone by number 12. Let's find somebody to make sure we can trade back up and make sure at the very least, in a crazy world, that at least one will be there. And that's where I think it's beautiful by the Miami Dolphins. They trade back up to number six, and now you're assured of a Jamar Chase or a Devontae Smith, for the most part, I mean, it, it would be very odd for me to think the Falcons would take a receiver or something like that with Julio and Calvin Ridley. They could trade out. They, they could, could trade they out. They could though. trade out. Gotta but they put that. them in themselves in a really good spot, more than likely to get one of those two guys to help out their young quarterback in Tua. You don't go to six where you essentially will have, at worst, the third non-quarterback off the board. You don't do that unless you have three non-quarterbacks that you love, plain and simple. Sure. So they're content if if it is Chase and Smith at at four and five because the Falcons and Bengals trade down with teams that spring up to get a receiver, then then they'll take somebody else at number six. But they're content with that. And at the end of the day, hey. They're going to get equivalent value at six that they would have gotten at three, and they picked up an extra first-round pick and third-round pick in the process. So this was a masterful move on the chessboard by Chris Greer to find a path to getting the same or similar guy that they would have gotten at three at six and and another future first-round pick that can be used or traded or part of a package to move down or up or whatever. And, and, and I love that move from the Dolphins' perspective because they come out of it basically in the same position they were in but with more assets in the future. Yeah, that's right. They come And then, you know, to, to the point, too, where, you know, I think you're right. you got to think there's at least three guys there that they got their eye on to go, hey, we're happy that if any of these three come to us at number six, we're in the perfect spot. And at the very worst – you know, if they got win that four and five might take a player that they really like or want or whatever, like you just said, too, they got a ton of assets to make more moves here. If they wanted to get up another spot or two, that's not going to be an issue. But I do think ultimately it is about one of those two receivers as far as positioning themselves at number six. And I don't know which one it is. You know, like I said, Chase, Devontae Smith, it's 1A, 1B. It's ballers. They're ballers. Um, but – uh, it's really it was great maneuvering by them and the Dolphins the, the way their team is set up I mean it's just you look at it Mike you go damn I mean really position by position they're in a good spot now it's just about hey I mean can we hit with some superstars here in the draft and you know what else do they do as far as trade wise to maybe get other players or other you know marquee moves here as we go forward and this can be interpreted as sort of like what the Giants did in signing Kenny Galladay, if you're going to go all in with your first-round top-10 quarterback, you need to give him some help. Giants did it with a free agent. Exactly. Dolphins doing it with a high first-round draft pick. When you look at what production or lack thereof they got last year from their receivers, look at that. The max 793 from Devontae Parker, who was targeted 103 times with 63 catches. They need more production than that in the receiving game to get more out of Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And 
And hey, if if you get Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase and and Tua doesn't get it done this year, then next year maybe the dust has settled on the Deshaun Watson situation. You trade for him then. I, I really do think, you know, my first thought, Chris, when they bump from 12 back to six, well, maybe they're still kind of potentially in play for a quarterback. But I, I, I tend to to think that like you do, this yeah. is about getting a skill position player to help the quarterback they have. I think so. I think they said, hey, we picked two at number five. Let's try to make this work. You know, we got a good football team. You know, th- there's definitely room to grow from Tua th- that we know of. We did see some good to think that there could be, you know, more good coming down the road. There's no doubt. And I think realistically, when you evaluate it too, to your point to what you just said, you know, it's not like he had weapons galore all around him. Uh, I think that's the big thing. I mean, Devontae Parker is really good when healthy. You know, Preston Williams can help out a lot, and he is really good when healthy. But health has not been like some of their strengths there. And Gasecki, their tight end, is the second leading receiver. Like, I think everything we showed on that graphic about their receptions and receivers and everything, like that, that just shows you they have a desperate need at that position. They need more production there. And I don't think you can go wrong with either one, Chase or Devontae Smith there. I think either one's going to help out Tua Tonga Viola a whole lot. And uh, I, I think it is about supporting him and trying to make it work. Yeah, and they're in a division that is very competitive and getting more competitive all the time. When you look at what the Patriots have done this offseason, what the Bills are yep. and have become, the Jets with Zach Wilson, if he ends up being pick number two. Yeah, and a good start tough, to the agency. competitive difficult division you got to do what you can to keep pace in what could become the AFC's version of the NFC West let's take a break when we return the NFC East the worst division in football but the Eagles doing what they can to get better they made a move as part of these transactions on Friday we'll look at what they did and what it means for them moving forward when PFT Live continues right after this Philadelphia Eagles, subject of significant speculation that they would look at a quarterback with the sixth overall pick in the draft. They removed that temptation by dropping to 12. I can't help but wonder whether they drop to 12 now so they don't look at quarterbacks and don't give in to the possibility of finding a franchise guy to replace Jalen Hurts. There was a report by Rob Motti of the AP over the weekend that there's no consensus in the building in Philly regarding Hurts. I think the smart move, though, is, just like I said last year with Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville, give the guy a year to see what he can become. Sure. And if he becomes a franchise guy, great. If he doesn't, then next year have this conversation about what you may do with the high first-round pick you inevitably will earn. So they pick up a future first-round pick. They drop back by six. And they still have a fairly high pick relative to their needs because a lot of quarterbacks are going to go before 12. So they're going to get somebody that they feel good about at 12 and they pick up a first round pick on top of it in the process. I I think that's right. You know, I mean, I mean, first off, this is a team that we know has more than just like one hole to fill. Uh, That's the one thing I look at, you know, with them at number six. Yeah, and it takes them out of some of the more key players that might have been talked about towards the top of the draft. But I think when you're a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, you got to be real with yourself and go, wait, we're more than one player away here. You know, we, we, we got to do something to, to help our whole football team. And it's going to be more than just one year of, of fixing our football team to think that that's going to get the job done and then we'll be back in the mix of things 2022. No, I don't, I don't look at it that way. Certainly not. Build your football team. I think that's what Philadelphia is probably taking the approach with here. You're right. I mean, they're going to try to go with Jalen Hurts. We'll see where it goes there. But I think, you know, moving down, acquiring picks for this year, and, of course, what they do for themselves next year in the 2022 draft, uh, I mean, that it makes sense, I think, for their football team and where they're at at, at, at this current spot right now. I was always led to believe, and I still think this concept applies to some extent, the right time to trade a pick is when the pick is on the clock. Because then the team that acquires that pick knows it's getting the player that it covets. From Philly's perspective, I was curious why they would pull the trigger on a trade now for the sixth pick when they could have auctioned it off instead when they were on the clock. 
But my understanding is that premium of getting a second first-round pick and still being just on the fringes of the top 10, it's worth it to go ahead and do it now. And we talked earlier, Miami knows they're getting a great player there. Just like Sam Darnold three years ago when the Jets moved up from 6-3, to they didn't know they were getting Darnold. They were content to get Darnold if that's who they got in that spot. The 49ers, they know who's going to be gone or likely will be gone. They're content. They're happy. They're thrilled to get who they're going to get at three. Same thing with the Dolphins at six and the Eagles. Rather than wait, do it now. Get your first round pick. Put it away. File it away. Maybe you can bring it back into play for some, you know, swoop back into the bottom of round one if there's an opportunity to do that. But the Eagles realized that they would get more of a premium by doing the move now and giving the Dolphins the certainty they wanted by getting into the sixth spot. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it makes sense when you lay it out that way. Uh, I mean, you know, the Eagles, hey, they got some work cut out for them in front of them. I mean, we know that. Just when, just It's across the board. You know, defensive line is, is aging and nothing special there. Linebackers, nothing special at all. Yeah, Darius Slay at corner. Okay, but he's like, you know, on the edge of the being done with the prime of his career. He's up there in years. The secondary needs a total rebuild. You know, wide receiver. I mean, yes, they need that. I mean, there's really not a really spot on the roster right now where you don't look at the Eagles other than tackle because of they got Dillard and Lane Johnson. Other than that, you look at it and go, they got to start thinking about, you know, years for the future, improving the football team, depth, everything like that. So uh, Howie Roseman, I think, makes the appropriate move. And like you said, he's got lots of chips to cash in here to play with to help build the football team. You're right, though, where that team currently is. Look at and, it, right? It's crazy. I mean, the, the, the fall from grace. Right. I still don't think we've seen anything like it where all those key members of the organization that won a Super Bowl just three years ago are gone. Right. And uh, their only saving grace is they're in such a bad division. It's not as much of a climb to get back to playoff contention as it would be elsewhere. But what's going to be good enough for Eagles fans this year? They were up in arms last year. And, and with Jalen Hurts, we, we really don't know what he's going to be. And defenses haven't seen enough film to come up with ways to stop him. And he may bash his head into a ceiling once defenses know what he's all about, Chris. It's a real challenge for Nick Sirianni and for Hurts to be ready yeah. for when defenses can crack that code. I think so, too. I mean, I'm interested to see. I mean, you said it to start the segment. I don't think there was any consensus in that building. I had heard that there was a lot of coaches that were going, please don't trade Carson Wentz. But it's Jalen Hurts, and they got to make it work and try to build something around him. Another full hour still to come. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.